Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're welcome once again to another episode of Ugo's Take Sports Talk. And I'm Ugo Amadi, your host and anchor. Um, just one quick plug, self-promotion really. Um, you can check out my comic book website, that is www.wahalacomics.com. You can also follow on Twitter as Wahala Comics um, and also at Wahala Comics Uni. And Wahala is spelled W-A-H-A-L-A. You can also follow Wahala Comics on Instagram as well. Um, for this podcast, you can also follow me on Stake Ugo, that's S-T-A-K-E-U-G-O on Twitter. And then on Instagram, you can follow me on Ugo Stake. Now, today I'll be talking about three main topics or three main items of discussions for me. Um, the first will be obviously previewing the, or rather reviewing the Chelsea um, Leicester game. Chelsea Leicester City game that was played um, just yesterday. Uh, so for me, well, it's good news for me and every other Chelsea fan out there that Chelsea were able to um, defeat a very decent-looking Leicester City side. I must admit, um, although they've been they've had a, a bad run of form in the past uh, couple of of game fixtures, I think they've lost four games on the bounce, and then you know um, having to play Chelsea. Um, well, for me, going into the game, I would say ah, could do. I wasn't really confident 100% because though it's a game where you'd expect Chelsea to win traditionally, but with the way um, Chelsea's season has gone this season, it's just something that you just wouldn't be able to predict or wouldn't be able to predict 100%. So I wasn't 100% sure. Um, obviously, it would have been disappointing if Chelsea had lost the game. But truth be told, Chelsea had played against Leeds United act out a one-year win and then went on to play um, the Champions League um, um, knockout game versus um, Borussia Dortmund and got a very decent two-nil win which if you listen to the last podcast you remember I said that's the result I would love to see you know not a prediction because of the way Justin has you know sort of gone downhill despite the recent um, improvement in form in the in the team's form. So um, going to the Leicester City game, I wasn't really expecting. Um, I wasn't really expecting a win, but like I said, I was, <laughs> I was dreaming of a win. I think that's a way to put it. And then um, happy, obviously happy to to get the win. That team got the win. And the formation for me was a bit weird. I know it was three at the back. You know, it seems um, Graham Potter has discovered that three at the back just works for uh, this Chelsea side and uh, I think uh, um, what's his face now Mikhailo Modric started in view of um, Sterling who had some um, th- some injury issues some fitness fitness issues and Rich James didn't play as, didn't play as well um, and he had Lucas Chick playing as right wing back though I would have preferred having Chaluba um, as right wing back uh, because at least he's a defender, but um, Ruben Lefsusic had a good game. For me, Mikhailo Modric, I've heard people say um, he had a decent game, he had a good game. Uh, well, you could say that in a manner of speaking, but for me, he wasn't really that great. And to be honest, I wouldn't blame him at all um, for his poor showing, in my opinion. Uh, although he scored a very good goal that was actually chopped off for being offside. But overall, I didn't think he played that much. He played that well. 
um, and I think it's because he was played out of position. So for me, if you're playing a play, if you're playing any player, defender, attacker, striker, midfielder, especially in your starting eleven, you should be playing players in their right position. So for me, um, though Mikhailo Modric isn't your typical run to the byline with the ball, with balls into the box sort of winger, but he is a winger. You know, he's a winger. So running up players, taking on players, and someone who should actually be involved, you know, in the play, not just stuck up front. And for me, I felt he was left out cold sometimes there. And um, so for me, his performance wasn't that great, but he wasn't really to blame because he was played out of position. It's just like um, you starting up a new job as a secretary or something, and then when you're and you're right-handed and then someone insists that you must use your left hand to write and then complains about you um having some sort of chicken scratch or squibble on the um on the paper so so that's for me he wasn't really that great but once again not really his fault um Jao Felix uh, had a good game um had a good game had the goal chopped off for being offside in my opinion I felt he was just behind the ball but the VAR um, the VAR officials obviously felt he was um, a smidge uh, above uh, ahead of the ball so I was chopped off for offside um, like I mentioned earlier same was the Mikhail Mudrik goal chopped off as well um, for offside so um, so that's that and then um, just scored eventually scored um, just got the first goal and then like okay that's a good one hopefully off to a good start and then wouldn't you know it Jao Felix I mean Chua as well that's something we have to mention as well Chua had a good game he scored the opener scored the winning the not the winning goal scored the opener and then admits the booze from the Leicester City fans which was a bit odd for me uh, because I can't I couldn't quite remember there being any sort of acrimonious um what well, i couldn't quite remember she was living under criminal circumstances because that was usually um accompanies a player when you leave with in sort of a sh- uh, um, a cloud of discord a cloud of malcontent uh, between players and fans or when you leave to a rival club and chelsea isn't a rival of leicester city so um if it was he had moved to a rival club then i would have understood you know the booing as part of banter and as part of the fans being upset for moving over to a rival club but um he didn't move to a rival club so i couldn't quite get the booing and then um was lifofana was booed as well to some extent i i i see to some extent i can understand um i, I could understand he, why he was booed because he was more acrimonious if you if you even say that was slightly um, I think was skipping out on training and following um, the various social media handles or platforms of the of the club, and then taking everything that linked him at the time to Leicester City off his um, social media profile. So I kind of get why he was booed in that regard. But uh, that's football for you. That's modern day football for you, I guess. And then you had the Jao Felix goals that was chopped off. Okay, and the moment later you have Patterson Daka scoring a stunner from outside the box. And people blame <laughs> a keeper, you know, for 
for that goal, but that was a wonderful strike. Sometimes you just you, you can do nothing but clap your hands, just stand up, clap your hands, raise your hand up. Oh, the goalkeeper was beaten by a phenomenal strike. You know, I think um, the the opinion of Kepa hasn't really changed, despite the fact that he's been phenomenal since taking over from Mendy this season. He has been really great. He has saved Chelsea uh, a lot of times. He's saved. He's made so many incredible saves. Even in the Leicester City game, this game I'm doing the review for, he made a lot of wonderful saves, but people just want to find reasons to blame um, Kepa. You know, sometimes in football, once people have an opinion about certain players, certain managers, you know, certain commentators, they don't want to go off that sort of um, stance, you know, because whether it helps with the engagement or helps with drama or whatever. You know, because right now it, it seems talking about football is almost like um, you're trying to to showcase a Hollywood movie, which shouldn't be the case. But that's what it tends to be at this moment. People want to create drama where there shouldn't be drama. People want to in, you know, create intrigue, create controversy where <laughs> where it's not exi- where none exists. So for me, Kepa was was very good today. The goal was a phenomenal strike from passing Daka. You know, if Ellen Haaland had scored that goal, people would have been raving about the goal all over social media, all over uh, podcasts, all over um, mainstream media, you know, Sky Sports and Talk Sports and the rest. Um, but because he's participating in Dakar, no hype around him. So why not blame Kepa? Back to the point of people trying to create drama because, you know, if you mention Kepa's name, it's it has more... You know, there's more possibility of causing, uh, of creating a trend, of making it um, go, of, of making it trending on social media and people talking more about it. But there was nothing you could do about that strike. He followed the ball, but it was powerfully hit. So, uh, thumbs up to Patson Daka for, for a very good goal. And then, um, penalty scares for Fana had his hands all over the place. For me, that could have easily been a penalty. Um, but VAR <laughs> ruled um, in favour of Chelsea at that time so no, no, <laughs> you have no arguments here with me and just like I used, I used to say about um, other football fans and commentators who have leanings to other clubs is when you have a decision go your way it takes nothing away from you to just say oh we got away with one we escaped this you know got to be one we escaped this rather than trying to defend or prove that um it, it wasn't a penalty even when you could see the ball clearly uh, struck his his arm so so just own up just just raise your hands up like i'm doing right now and saying chelsea got away with one there and then leicester city kudos to them like i said it was a very decent performance they had chelsea pinned back a lot of the time madison was a terror you know, they could have easily, you know, equal. They could have easily equalized after you, um, Kai Havertz. I would say delightful finish, despite the fact I say he's not a striker, and he really isn't a striker. So, but delightful finish and fight by uh, Kai Havertz and um, a wonderful world class assist um, by Enzo Fernandez. And what we don't understand about the assist assist is it doesn't have to look 
um, out of this world. It doesn't have to be um, a, Rab- a Rabona assist, but it's when you make, it's when you see the runs the defenders don't see. It's when you're able to use finesse, pass a ball with finesse, and it gets, you know, to the striker, get to your forward player, and the forward player doesn't really have to do much, then just finish. And that's what Enzo Fernandez did. And Kai Havertz, kudos to him, also also scored. So, so that, that was good for that was good for him. So that's good, that was good for him. And then, like I said, after two one, it felt like Leicester City was still looking threatening, looking like they were going to come back, they were going to score. And then let's talk about Kova. Kova's goal, Kova, Kovacic's goal was just beautiful. He doesn't score all the time, but that volley finish, you know, and he had to improvise because he was standing in sort of an awkward position for a right-footed player. That finish would have been more easier for a left-footed player, you know, so you easily come onto the ball and smash the ball to the right-hand, yeah, to the right-hand corner with your left foot, you know, but he finished with the outside of his, um, with the outside of his right foot. You know, it was a wonderful finish. So, um, three games, three wins. Nothing to complain about. Now the next, nothing to complain about from me. I'm so happy days for myself and other Chelsea fans. And now heading over to the next topic in today's um, episode, which is a Chelsea resurgence. You know, is are we having a Chelsea resurgence? Are we having a Potter, rather, pot, a Potter resurgence? Are we having a Potter resurgence? Uh, because Fed used to Potter, he started out at che- uh, his career at Chelsea started out pretty decent, but tailed off. And so, are we having a resurgence? Is is he suddenly you know is he suddenly the man? In my opinion, not yet. The jury is still out on on Graham Potter, you know, because um, win against the fact that we're still Chelsea fans celebrating the win against Leicester City is something that you know should should make every fan sort of and eh, not celebrate too much because that's a team you should be beating anyways but then again when you look at what the what Chelsea's form has, has been like coming into these last three games and the fact in football is no one can be taken for granted and you must beat who is in front of you you know so um you could have there could be uh, uh, um, you could have an argument a fair, a fair point of argument if you say this is some sort of evidence of Potter's resurgence or if this means Potter is suddenly the man again or if it's indeed the man to take Chelsea forward. For me, I still say the jury is out on that one. Um, we all have to just <laughs> keep our eyes peeled and watch how things continue to develop because for me, in the end, it's not about comfortably finishing 10th or comfortably finishing 9th you know, or getting to the dizzy heights of eighth. What we're looking for is top four at the worst case scenario, and that is you're having an absolute torrid season that should be the levels at Chelsea. You know, you're having an absolutely torrid, horrible season. You're finishing fourth. You're finishing fourth on the table, or you're such a disappointment that you finish fifth, you know, and then you qualify for the Europa League and you win it. You know that's the standards of Chelsea, and then you should be 
ordinarily competing for uh, competing for the Premier League, you know. So, but anyways, good wins coming up. So maybe you say it's a resurgence for me. I still feel the jury is out on. I'm still out on Graham Potter. Kudos to him. I think he's shown consistency in tactics. I live for the past three games, the last three games. That is, and the, the Premier League game was on Leeds United, the Dortmund game um, versus uh, the Champions League game versus Dortmund, and this game versus Leicester City. So, um, I'll speak a bit about the the Dortmund game, and I'll say it was a decent decent game played played well. Havertz um, was decent as well, but he wasn't. I don't think he was anywhere near um, the sort of performance that um, some pundits and People in, in the media trying to paint him as if he had some sort of phenomenal game. No, he, he didn't have a phenomenal game, in my opinion. It was just barely decent. And then he um, scored the penalty that he had to retake. And for me, I feel I feel Borussia Dortmund were done unfairly. And it was a penalty, 100% a penalty, because um, the defender, the Borussia Dortmund fullback, was trying to be um, a bit smart. Was trying to be some sort of smarty pants. He just left his arms out there and let the ball strike it and turned his head away. Um, so um, it, the argument would then have been: he's so close to to the players, look so close to the ball. He didn't have enough time to react. His arms were by his side, but he actually stuck his arm out and turned his head. Uh, you know, to make people believe. Um, he was he had no intention of of stopping the ball with his hand and now his team is out of Champions League. He has to learn <laughs> learn from from that. So um Kai Havertz missed the penalty and I was like oh not again. But fair deuce to him, he had the bottle to go on and uh, convert and convert at the second time second time of asking. But for me I, the Borussia Dortmund player hadn't encroached into the 18 yard box far as I'm concerned he was just right on the D he was just right in, just right on the edge he wasn't he didn't encroach into into the box so once again uh, like I said I'll hold my hand up hold my hands up and say Chelsea got away with one it should have the game should have ended best case scenario 1-0 or maybe <laughs> would have got back into the game who knows or maybe who knows just would have got another opportunity to actually you know score uh, you know score a goal and then another goal maybe two nil even more goals three or four nil who knows but no complaints from me heading to the champions league so once again happy days for um and chelsea fans now the last thing i want to talk about right now is gary is lineker i know it's a non-chelsea related topic and um this is Google Stake Sports Talk. Sports Talk, not Chelsea Talk. <laughs> Essentially, maybe I should have, I should call it Google Stake Football Talk, maybe, but Sports Talk. So, I think a couple, some days ago, um, Gary Lineker, you know, former Chelsea, uh, former England player, I think former Leicester City player as well, um, now um, that does the match of the day presentation with um, Ian Wright and um, Alan Shearer you know he put out a tweet criticising um, Braverman 
and um, the government in general about migration policy, immigrants, refugees, and things like that. And apparently, that got him in hot water with the guys at BBC, who are his employers, where they used to call him a, a contractor or whatever, but his employers. And then people don't talk about politics, you don't have anything to do with football and all that stuff. Now, one thing first, if he if he if he said what if he said if he said what he tweeted whilst doing his match of the day presentation, then you could have that argument oh politics has no place in football, has no place in sports and all that stuff. No? Yeah. You could then you would have some basis for argument. But this was a tweet that he didn't. I don't think he tagged Match of the Day. I don't think he sort of tweeted from any official BBC or Match of the Day platform. So it was independent opinion. So I feel that argument of politics having anything to do with football should not come in <laughs> into play here. But then again, that just goes to show you the hypocrisy in in sports, whether in English sports, British sports, European sports, African sports, whatever. You just see the hypocrisy, you know, especially especially in English sports, in British sports, let's be honest. You see the hypocrisy, you know. You had what was going on in Ukraine and nothing was made certain, nothing was made clear, nothing was, nothing was absolutely clear. But Lineker could go on match of the day, make state, certain statements about some political certain state, political statement whether you agree with him or you disagree with him that's up to you but he went on there made some political statements on match while anchoring the match of the day show and no one says politics doesn't have any place in sports a certain club owner lost his club because of politics with no clear proof as to as to he's actually being involved in anything any evil thing but just you know so we say so we say we are acting you know so it seems to me that politics only politics only is an issue in sports when it's not what the people that make the decisions want you know if you're towing the line of a particular political group or 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 you know, you're saying things that the um, decision makers want to hear, then then it's good, then it's fine, no problem. You know, honky dory, go on and say what you like. You know, no one says anything about politics. No one says, oh, politics doesn't have to be here. But once you're saying something that people don't like, then it becomes an issue. Now, can you close your eyes and imagine for a second that this was a Chinese TV station where, let's say, the anchor had posted something in support of Ukraine. And then the Chinese Broadcasting Association or Chinese Broadcasting TV or channel or network, whatever you want to call it, decided to let that um, anchor go or make his or her job there untenable. You you could you you definitely could imagine the 
sort of diatribe, the vitriol, you know, the admonishment that would have come from the West, that would have come from British media, that would have come from the American media. You know, you as you would have imagined the heat that would have come come from that. You know, the authoritarian regime, the, uh, um, this a dictatorship. We can, you know, that's what communism gets you, and all that stuff. So for me, I don't care about communism because I feel communism is just sheer hypocrisy on its own. Not wanting to go into politics, but for me, it's the hypocrisy of things. You know, for example, even with FIFA, FIFA they, they decide when politics has anything to do with sports. For instance, if a Nigerian minister for sports sacks the uh, NFF chairman, oh, Nigeria will be banned for five World Cups. Oh, politics has no place in sports. But we're seeing time and time and time and time again where Western countries or Western uh, um, governments are interfering in sports and FIFA is like, oh, well, nothing to see here. No, no, do what you like. And no one... And the truth is, Western, the Western media knows how to drive the narrative. That's just the truth about the matter. You know, drive it, control it, push it in one direction, bend it in the next direction. You don't know what's quite going on. You know, so FIFA never says anything. FIFA has not opened this, has not sent any official message saying anything about Garaninica at this point in time, saying anything about politics. Should not have any place in sports. But I bet you, if this was in Nigeria, if this was in Cameroon, if this was in Brazil, I bet you, let's just say Brazil, because Brazil is a powerful nation in terms of sports. In terms of in Chile, FIFA would have come up to, to post some, some declaration, post some statements, saying sports should be a unifier, it should have nothing to do with politics. You, should, you know. So for me, this is just rubbish. For one, whether you agree with Garanica or not, He's entitled to his opinion. And the fact that he has his opinion, he, he tweeted out his opinion in a public space that has no sort of connection or dependency on the BBC, his employers. You could come on Twitter, disagree with him, have a different opinion, but don't, oh, let's take his job or let's um, make his job untenable because I don't think they've actually sacked him but they've just made it untenable and you know they have the conflict of interest maybe they were avoiding to apologize for his statements or for what he, he, uh, he tweeted out and he has decided not to apologize and well there you have it maybe an impasse this developing story and I, I wouldn't quite say I would follow the story but I'll definitely tell you my listeners what the final um, decision is and what my opinion would be uh, on that supposed final decision. So um, once again, thanks for listening. This is the uh, this has been a long one, um, 27 minutes in, just slightly under 30 minutes. And like I always do at this point in the show, um, the Leeds International African Festival is coming up later on this year, 2023. Um, if you want to be part of that show, send me an email to ugostake at ugostake one at coolside.net. That is U-G-O-S hyphen T-A-K-E one at coolside. That is C-O-O-L-S-I-T-E dot N-E-T. Ugostake one at coolside.net. Who knows? Like I said, 
you may have some free tickets coming from yours truly. And once again, go on to my comic book website, www.wildercomics, and read when I close my eyes absolutely for free. And follow on all social media handles, Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, So, once again, thanks for listening, and do have a splendid day. Bye-bye.